This is the Soil Sense podcast where we believe that building healthier soils is not just a prescription, but rather a pursuit. It's a journey that requires collaboration, curiosity, and communication among farmers, researchers, agronomists, consultants, and extension. You're going to hear their stories and discover how and why they're working together to make sense out of what's happening in the soil. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of Soil Sense. I'm your host, Tim Hamrich. As I'm sure a lot of you have already heard, many food companies have become more and more interested in what part they can play in building healthier soils. Sure, they can pay money to incentivize practice change or buy carbon offsets or insets, but will that really drive lasting change? If they're in it for the long haul and they really do want to see that lasting change, they need to develop partnerships with farmers and others in the industry. And it's going to take a very intentional and dedicated approach to collaborating with these farmers and their trusted advisors to figure out what might be right for each individual situation. And that's exactly what the Trusted Advisor Partnership is seeking to do. On today's episode, you're going to hear about this partnership, how a group of these food and beverage companies are working together with the mission of introducing new soil health building practices on 500,000 acres in North Dakota over the next five years. To make that happen, these food companies have enlisted the help of Dr. Abby Wick, the Sustainable Food Lab, and crop consultants like Dr. Lee Breeze and Jason Hansen to lead certified crop advisors through the process of trying these practices with the farmers they serve. Abby joins me today to talk about how this trusted advisor partnership is going so far and how she hopes this will impact soil health in North Dakota in the future. This is really a great episode to just understand how food companies can work together with farmers to create lasting change, but also it will set the stage for this season because you're going to hear from several of the people involved, agronomists, farmers, food companies, etc., and what they're learning about soil health in these future episodes. For now, though, Dr. Abby Wick of North Dakota State University Extension, who also happens to be the producer and occasional co-host of this podcast, talks about how this trusted advisor partnership got started. I'd say, you know, several years ago, different food and beverage companies were approaching me with ideas of what could we do in the southeast corner? What could we do in the northeast corner of North Dakota? How do we demonstrate soil health practices so farmers get interested in them? And then it started turning into like, what can we offer farmers to adopt these new practices? And so over, you know, the course of, of three or five years, I'm getting, you know, all these questions from these different companies. And it finally came down to the point of, what if we all just worked on this together and use this great organization out of Vermont called the Sustainable Food Lab that works with all these companies regularly? How about we bring all these ideas together and come up with one program for the entire state of North Dakota? And let's not base it on these ideas of just paying farmers to adopt practices, but let's actually make those practices stick. And if we can do that through the certified crop advisors as a start, just because they have the baseline information that's very consistent, they've passed the tests, they've done the, all the things you need to do to be certified. What if we start with them and we build up their knowledge and their confidence in helping growers adopt practices? And then you guys can figure out from the company side, how do you support that? And what does that mean for your incentive program? And what can you offer then to those growers that are have all the tools to adopt the new practices? You alluded to it for sure, but talk about that in the context of how does it help the farmer that they're all working together? You know, what? why is that better? Yeah, having these companies work together, which is challenging because they all have their different goals, right? Um, but they all have the same desire for, a, you know, more sustainable practices to be adopted. 
And so when different companies are coming to growers with different incentives, um, maybe one is for reducing tillage, one is for you know a cost share and cover crops, maybe one's a premium, it can be really confusing because the farmers then are like, which pays better? Which one do I adopt? How do I adopt this practice and, and have it actually work on my operation? You know, having them work together and then having that involvement of the certified crop advisor who knows the grower to figure out which program is best for them. And so they can have the knowledge of the programs. They can pick the one that might be the best for the company that is purchasing their product um, and then guide the grower through that enrollment in that program. So it still sounds really complicated. (laughs) And I think it's always going to be complicated. But I think if we can get these companies to work together like they are, the CCA has the knowledge of all those programs, can pick the best one for the grower, take it to them. The grower signs up for it. Then the company now can say we've we've influenced X acres in North Dakota. Well, first, I guess, which food and beverage companies are involved and is this open ongoing for others to join in? Yeah, so we have a large overarching grant from the Walmart Foundation to create the content that we're sharing with the CCAs. And then several food and beverage companies have contributed to not only kind of starting this up, but then also the financial incentive piece that's to come. And those companies are PepsiCo, Anheuser-Busch, King Arthur Baking, uh, Unilever, General Mills, and Hershey. Hershey was one of the more recent ones to hop on board. So really a great team of companies that are working together and all of them know each other well. So it's kind of fun to watch them work through problems and solve things together. That's great. And okay, so you started off with this sort of like high level idea that, look, all these food companies want to work with farmers and they want to somehow incentivize soil health building practices or more sustainable practices, however you want to put that. So let's bring them together and figure out how to do that. Once everybody was on board with that, what are the objectives or what are the next steps to getting toward that end? So the the next steps are, I guess, our end goal, first of all, to point that out is 500,000 acres of new practices being adopted in five years. And that may seem like a low number, right? We're used to these kind of million of this and two million of that. And for us, we wanted a very realistic goal so that we could actually achieve it. And is that all in North Dakota? That's all in North Dakota. So those are the the goals that we set. Um, And to roll out the program, what we're doing is having, I guess it's, you know, 10 to 12 certified crop advisors that are part of the first cohort is what we're calling them. So the first group to go through this training program. And of those CCAs, we're going to ask each of them to bring in one grower that they work with and to try a new practice on a field or two fields, whatever it might be for that for that farmer. And so we'll start with that. And at the meantime, while they're working through some of these practices that are being adopted, we're going to recruit our second group, which will be 20 CCAs. And then they, again, will bring in one farmer with them. And you can see how the numbers are building over time. And then the last group would be 30 that we would bring through. And so, you know, as each of these groups go through, obviously the first 10 to 12 that go through, we're relying on them a lot for feedback into the content that we've created. And then we're also going to rely on them to help build additional content as we move forward. Some of these CCAs have quite a bit of experience with adoption of soil health practices and management of those practices. And then some of them are, you know, they're just getting started. And so it's a really nice diverse group. Most of them are working independently. So they are not selling products or are tied to sales at all. Uh, But we did include a couple of ag retail CCAs as well, because we want to start figuring out what that looks like. We know the influence that group has as well. So how do we develop this program to fit their needs too as we move forward? So it's kind of, it's a building process. You know, hopefully this program is not always maintained by NDSU, but instead taken over by our advanced crop advisor group in North Dakota. And then they can administer it out to reach the other, you know, I think there's 350 
CCAs in the state. And um, if they can administer this program and we can just make sure it stays current, then I think we're in a really good place to have this last long term. Very cool. And we've alluded to already, but so Lee Breeze and Jason Hansen were hired to kind of like to develop and lead, I guess, this first cohort. Is that right? Yeah, they were. So Lee and Jason are a lot of the content that we've provided. And well, they are the content. <laughs> They're the ones that are that are sharing their thoughts and ideas. And they work great together because, you know, Lee being in the Jamestown area, he's in a slightly different zone than Jason is being up by Devil's Lake. So they're dealing with different issues so we can cover a broader geographic region with those two. So they're great that way. They're also two different personalities, which I really appreciate about them both. You know, Lee is, is very structured in a very good way, right? He helps create these frameworks and these outlines and these ways to work through processes. And then Jason is, you know, he's, he's the broader picture person and he's, you know, he's not as structured. And so he's a little more free flowing in his solutions and it works great. You know, both of them are so well-respected in this region, if not nationally, they work perfectly together and the content they've been developing is, is outstanding. And, and so then what is the role of the university and of extension in an undertaking like this? So I think where Extension is supporting this is um, in development of the resources. And it's not necessarily the content that we're contributing to, but more so the framework that that content is being worked into. And so I suppose that's where my experience comes in. I've developed a lot of different programs over the years, you know, starting out with, with train the trainer opportunities for county agents and giving them background information in those areas. And then it kind of shifted to farmer programs. And then now it's shifting to certified crop advisors. And each of those groups needs information in different ways. And so the role of extension is to anticipate what those needs are and then create the framework for that content to be collected and then delivered. Okay. Yeah. And you mentioned Sustainable Food Lab earlier. Elizabeth was on the show a couple seasons ago, I want to say, talking about that. But maybe for those who don't remember or didn't hear, what role do they play in this? So Sustainable Food Lab is a uh, nonprofit organization out of Vermont, and they are the, the group that, that interacts with the food and beverage companies. So they have the relationship built with them. They're almost like the trusted advisors for the food and beverage companies. Like we have our trusted advisor for our farmers. They speak the same language. They understand what those companies are up against. They know how to bring them together in a way that, that they can work together and, and achieve a common goal. So it's been really great, this relationship we have with them, because they're relying on NDSU and the crop advisors like Lee and Jason that are part of this program and the training efforts to do the farmer part. And then they're working on the food and beverage company part. And so I think it's a really effective approach because we can't possibly know how to communicate with all groups. But if we have the right people to communicate with each group, then we can move forward. Right. And you mentioned this first cohort. So this first small group of CCAs in North Dakota that you're going to lean on them for feedback and kind of probably help recruiting the next cohort, et cetera. How hard was it to get them on board? Was it hard to recruit them or what, what's in it for them? You know, I thought it would be a little more difficult to recruit them because I was thinking of the names of people that I knew that were working in soil health and it was on one hand, right? So I was thinking, you know, gosh, I know five that could do this, but Lee and Jason know their peers, right? So they made a lot of those phone calls to others that are working in the same space, ones that they've talked to over the years. And so we've got this amazing coverage of CCAs from the Northwest corner to the Southwest corner to, I mean, we literally are covering the entire state. And I think that brings a lot of strength to it. Some of them have growers who are all no-till, right? The Western part of the state, all those growers are doing no-till. Uh, then we have sugar beet growers in the, the Southeastern part that are full tillage. And then again, I've been to that Northeast corner and now it's, it's full tillage plus tight window and for 
you know, heat and growing season. So it's been really fun to hear their conversations because they're, they're so diverse in their backgrounds and what they're working with that I think they're going to come up with some great solutions. And now this group already that's in it, they're already bringing in their friends. So we're getting all these other CCAs that want to join as well. And, and we're either having them join late or they're joining, you know, we'll encourage them to join next year. But it's been it's been really fun to see how this is growing and the interest in it. And they already have people who want to join because of the the content that's exclusive to just this group or or because of the chance to interact with the group or what is the big draw? I'm curious. I think it's the it's the networking piece is probably the biggest one. I think they want other CCAs to talk to about this on a regular basis. So I think the networking piece is probably the most important. A lot of the the content that we're developing is, you know, in mind that that we have some very advanced CCAs working in this soil health space already, and then some that are just getting into it. And so, you know, for these ones that have been working in it a while, the the content we're creating is not necessarily beneficial to them right now. Maybe some good reminders and some good ways to to put forth ideas, but it's really the networking is really beneficial and that they can share ideas with each other. So that's been great to see. And they're also, they're getting to provide their input into what we're doing. And so I think there's a lot of, you know, you just realize your value when you're given that opportunity to provide input. And so I think a lot of them are really enjoying that part of it too, being recognized for what they're doing and the uniqueness of it. And then, you know, being able to influence future groups that go through this program. Right, right. And each one of them is going to be asked to bring in one farmer to try at least one new practice on at least one field. Are you nervous about that? Do they seem nervous about that? You know, when does that happen and and how are you feeling about it? I think with this group, it might be easier than the next group, right? I mean, they're, they're working with growers that maybe already do some of these practices. So trying different things out on a new field may be easier for them. But yeah, I think all of us are a little bit, you know, we don't quite know what to expect or how it's going to work or if it's going to work. I, I think a lot of us are very confident in our abilities to know that we are going to find a way to help those growers adopt these practices, which then helps the food and beverage companies that are investing in this. But we're very fluid and we're just going with the flow on this and trying to make sure that we're changing as we need to and developing the, the content as we go. Yeah. And is your sense that each of the CCAs have in mind, you know, one field that could really use one of these practices you're talking about and the farmer would probably be, you know, receptive to it so that, I mean, this kind of speaks to the whole deal, right? Why you're going after crop advisors is because they're already filtering this whole process through the lens of like, what would make sense for the grower that I work with, right? Yeah, they're problem solvers, right? And actually using this entire program of soil health is not for the five soil health principles just to apply them because they're good principles. But instead, how are they going to solve a problem by applying reduced tillage, by applying, you know, diversity and cover crops and, you know, maybe livestock if that's a good fit. And so I think they can all identify a field that they know needs some help. And maybe these tools are one way to help solve that problem. But then they're also, as they go through the the program that we've developed, it's very much based on that problem solving, finding out the baseline information you need to gather is the farmer ready? And, and how do you determine farmer readiness for soil health? And so there's a whole module based on farmer readiness, an assessment of that. So right, things that you wouldn't necessarily expect out of a soil health program, but it's, you know, the first one I think is, you know, kind of baseline information that you need to collect from, from that field and from that area. And then bringing up the idea of a soil health practice with your grower. What does that look like and how do you approach it? And then determining, are they ready? And if they're not ready, what other information do they need? And so uh, then they go through and they get all their background information on soil health. 
And then it comes back, you know, kind of circles back into that conversation with the grower and identifying the field you're going to try this on and what practice you, you might use. And then coming back to, again, is that grower ready? I mean, there's just so much about grower readiness to really consider. And then, it, you know, it kind of finalizes out with what, what did you do right this year? What did you do wrong? What could you do next year? Developing that further plan. And so um, I think you can already hear the uniqueness of the program just in the way it's kind of outlined and presented to CCAs. And that's exactly how they think. I mean, that's what's going to be happening with their growers as they talk about soil health. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's Lee and Jason, right? I mean, it's never something I would have designed as an academic. Like I can't see that process from the logistical point of view, but Lee and Jason were, you know, this is how we do this. And these new CCAs in the program, they're going to add an additional steps and say, well, well, I also do this with my grower. So then we add more information and I wouldn't say we're ever going to be finished with this program, but by the time we get it to the point where we feel like it's, it's complete, there's going to be so much in there that I think, I think it's going to be just this incredibly valuable resource for CCAs, not only in the Northern Plains, but I think we could adopt these, these approaches to other places as well. So this group of CCAs are getting together with Lee and Jason leading the charge. Um, they're walking through this. They're going to bring a farmer and try one practice on one field at least. Uh, is that all happening this year, like this growing season, 2023? Yeah, they all graduate from the online program the end of March. And then we'd like to bring that group together in kind of a retreat so that we can talk through ideas and share ideas, maybe figure out that first grower that they're going to talk with about a new set of practices. Then, yeah, they're going to go do it. They're going to figure out how they're going to do that this summer. And then hopefully during the summer, we'll, we'll all get together or whoever can, we'll get together and look at some of those fields. And um, we'll connect that way as well and kind of continue to build that network. And I'd love it if in the winter, by next winter, some of these, you know, initial CCAs going through the program, maybe they're the ones leading these cafe talks around the state. And maybe they're, you know, they don't want to deal with the logistics and the coordination stuff, but we can sure keep doing that for them. And then they just show up and they, they deliver the content. So I love that approach. And it's not because I'm trying to be lazy. You know, I just love, I love seeing other people lead the effort and share information in a different way than I would. Yeah, absolutely. And then the idea would be cohort next year doing the same thing as well as this group, maybe leading those cafe talks, but certainly continuing to find ways to incorporate those practices, uh, you know, with more fields. And that's where, how you get to the goal, right? That's how it gets done. That's how it gets done. They, they start with one grower and they continue to add them. And I think they've expressed that a lot of the value that they have in their position is that, that they can be trying the same exact practice. Like for example, let's take cereal rice seeded in the fall, soybean planted into it in the spring. They could do that with five different growers on five different fields and have five totally different experiences. And so, um, so it's really exciting. They can learn a lot in a very short period of time as they're watching all those fields and the way it turns out. And so I think they definitely recognize that about their system and their, you know, how they're approaching this. And so it's just going to ramp up our learning incredibly fast, I think, and give us a lot to think about. Definitely. And then is there a formalized process for getting feedback back to the food companies so that they can start to develop, you know, the incentives. Basically, the end result here is, is first of all, the goal of these practices being applied to that many fields, but also information for the food companies to understand, like, what role they play in making that happen at scale, right? Right, right. So we have Jean Haley, who has also done an episode of Soil Sense. She has gained a new title. We call her the Chief Knowledge Officer because she is managing so much information. She's created this amazing way to collect information from the food and beverage companies, um, what their needs are, collect information from CCAs. We have all the farmer information that we've had from the past. 
Um, so she is kind of the glue that's holding all of these pieces together to create an understanding of how to move forward. So she's incredibly valuable. The Sustainable Food Lab is working very hard on that piece with the companies and also with Jean for the, um, the financial incentives. I have a little piece of that, but you know they're leading the effort on trying to find out what farmers and CCAs need from these companies, the flexibility, what the signup should look like for those programs you know, down to the, the practices that they could be offering incentives on. Does it make sense to offer cover crop incentives up in Jason's area by Devil's Lake? Maybe not because it's so far north. Maybe there should be some reduced till incentives. So all this feedback is happening. Gene is collecting all of it in this massive database and kind of pulling it together and giving us the pieces that we need so we don't get overwhelmed, which has been really helpful. Yeah, that's going to be amazing. I mean, you're going to really find out what are the sticking points, where is the the friction. And just to underscore what we've been talking about here, the you know, the goal are the practices themselves, not necessarily the goal of like carbon credits, right? The goal are the practices. Right. The goal is the practices. And I think all of these these companies believe in that being the goal, which I think is really unique. Um, we oftentimes think that they're after the carbon, but really what these companies are trying to do is is create some of them will put it, they're, they're trying to keep farmers farming, right? They want to buy their product from the same farmer in the same region year after year. They don't want to have to go anywhere else for barley or for sugar beets or for corn or whatever it is. They want to buy it from the same growers in the same region, the same supply. And so by investing in this and helping growers adopt these practices in a very flexible way, I think their programs have the ability to be flexible and in a meaningful way, I think they're going to get what, what they need. The growers are going to get what they need. The CCAs are going to be guiding this whole process. And we hope that this is a streamlined way to do this that is simple, at least forward-facing simple. And it can be as complex as it needs to be on the back end, but just making it so that, that we can move forward in this space and stop wasting time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, if I'm a farmer and I'm listening to this, maybe one of my questions is, okay, you want me to adopt a new practice. Are you going to pay me? And it sounds like the answer is maybe, you know, maybe we're going to, we're going to try to figure that out. We just need to understand what is sort of the cause and effect relationship between incentive and practice. Right, right. We want these companies to offer something that's meaningful. We know that these things take time. We don't want to just give them a couple years of funding and then disappear. Devity is going to come in their advisor being able to guide them in that in that journey. And I think this is where if, if growers have somebody they're working with, whether they're a CCA or maybe even somebody in retail agronomy, and when we get to that point is to encourage them to go through this training and to really, you know, support them in that training as well. I mean, it's, it's one more thing those, those CCAs are going to have to do. I mean, they're already busy people, but I think if the growers support them in that journey, just like those CCAs are supporting their farmers and in, in, in their journey in soil health, I think we're going to we're going to make it. We're going to move forward and we'll hit that 500,000 acres in five years. Very cool. Well, if, uh, if I'm a CCA listening or I'm a farmer that wants to push my CCA into doing something like this, where can I go to learn more? Is there a website or anything? There is a website. It's trustedadvisorpartnership.com. And so there we have all of the, you know, kind of the information about what it means to be, you know, someone going through this program. You can put your name in there as somebody that's interested in joining the next cohort. We do have limitations that this is a North Dakota program right now. So if you are not in North Dakota, that's okay. Still give us your name that you're interested, but it will be for, for North Dakota CCAs first. 
Um, we're kind of working on what it looks like for retail and also those that are not independent. And so um, we need to figure that out, but that's the next cohort. We can, we can do that by that time. So, um, so yeah, it's really, that's, that's where all the information is. That's where you can sign up or at least say you're interested and then we can get your, your information and we can make sure you're able to sign up for the next round. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode. If you'd like more information on this Trusted Advisor Partnership program, you can just visit the website, which is trustedadvisorpartnership.com. And that link will also be found in the show notes in case you need to come back to it later. We have a fantastic season plan for you here for season six of Soil Sense. Make sure you're subscribed and following along to this podcast as we roll out these episodes in the coming weeks. You'll hear from farmers, agronomists, food companies, researchers, and more all passionate about building healthier soils. And I promise you're not going to want to miss it. Thank you to our sponsors of this season of Soil Sense, the North Central Sustainable Agriculture Research and Education Program, the North Dakota Corn Council, the North Dakota Wheat Commission, the North Dakota Soybean Council, the North Harvest Dry Bean Association, the North Dakota Barley Council, and Anheuser-Busch. If you're getting value from this podcast, please leave us a rating and review on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts or both and share your favorite episodes on Twitter using the hashtag SoilSense. We'll be back with another episode of SoilSense next week.